0: Hello there, let's continue with chapter 35. A number of Lahiri Mahasaya's disciples with influential worldly position were desirous of expanding the Kriya circle by publicity. The Guru refused his permission. One Chela, the royal physician of the Lord of Banaras, started an organized effort to spread the Master's name as Kashi Baba. Again, the Guru forbade it. Let the fragrance of the Kriya flower be wafted in a natural way, he said. The seeds of Kriya will take sure root in the soil of spirituality fertile hearts. Although the great master did not adopt the system of preaching through the modern medium of an organization or through the printing press, he knew that the power of his message would rise like a resistless flood. In an mandating by its own force the banks of human minds. The changed and purified lives of devotees were the simple guarantees of the deathless vitality of Kriya. In 1886, 25 years after his Ranikit initiation, Lahiri Mahasaya was retired on a pension. With his availability in the daytime, disciples sought him out in every increasing numbers. The great Guru now sat in silence most of the time, locked in the tranquil lotus posture. He seldom left his little parlour even for a walk or to visit other parts of the house. A quiet stream of Jalas arrived almost ceaselessly for a darshan, holy sight of the Guru. To the awe of all beholders, Lehri Mahasaya's habitual Physiological state exhibited the superhuman features of breathlessness, sleeplessness, cessation of pulse and heartbeat, calm eyes unblinking for hours and a profound aura aura of peace. No visitors departed without upliftment of spirit. All knew they had received the silent blessing of a true man of God. The master now permitted his disciple Panchanan Bhattacharya to open in Calcutta a yoga center, the Arya Mission Institution. The center distributed certain yogic herbal medicines and published the first inexpensive editions in the Bengal of Bhagavad Gita. In Bengal of the Bhagavad Gita. The Arya Mission Gita in Hindi and Bengali found its way into thousands of homes. In accordance with ancient custom, the master gave to people, in general, a neem oil for the cure of various diseases. When the guru requested a disciple to distill the oil, he could easily accomplish the task. If anyone else tried, he would encounter strange difficulties finding, after putting the oil through the required distilling process, that the liquid had almost completely evaporated. Evidently, the master's blessing was a necessary ingredient. Lahiri Mahasaya's handwriting and signature in Bengali script are shown opposite. The lines occur in a letter to a chela. The great Master interprets a Sanskrit verse as follows. He who has attained the state of calmness wherein his eyelids do not blink has achieved Sambhavi Mudra. Sri Shyamacharan Devasharan was his signature. Like many other great prophets, Lahiri Mahasaya himself wrote new books but instructed various disciples in his interpretation of the scriptures. My friend, my dear friend Sri Ananda Mohan Lahiri, a great, late grandson of the master, wrote the following. The Bhagavad Gita and other parts of the Mahabharata epic possess several knot points, Vyaskutas. Keep the knot points unquestioned and we find only mythical stories of a peculiar and easily misunderstood type. Leave the knot points unexplained and we lose the science that India has preserved with superhuman patience, after a quest of thousands of years of experiment. Lahiri Mahasaya brought to light, clear of alle- allegories, signs of religions that had been cleverly put out of sight in the riddle of scriptural imagery. No longer an unintelligible jugglery of words, the formulas of Vedic worship have been proved by the master to be full of scientific significance. We know that man is usually helpless against evil passions, but these are rendered powerless and man finds no motive for indulging in them and when there dawns on him a consciousness of superior and lasting bliss through Kriya Yoga. Here, the give up the negation of the Logan nature synchronizes like with a take up the experience of Beatitude. Without such a cause, moral marxism that embody more negatives are useless to us. It is the infinite, the ocean of power that lies behind all the phenomenal manifestations. Our eagerness for worldly activity kills in us the sense of spiritual awe. Because modern science tells us how to utilize the powers of nature, we fail to comprehend the great life in back of all names and forms. Familiarity with nature has bred contempt for her ultimate secrets. Our relation with her is one of the practical business. We tease her, so to speak, to discover the ways in which she may be forced to serve our purposes. We make use of our energies whose source yet remains unknown. In science, our relation with nature is like that between an arrogant man and his servant. Or, in a philosophical sense, nature is like a captive in the witness box. We cross-examine her, challenge her, and minutely weigh her evidence of human scales that cannot measure her hidden values. On the other hand, when the self is in communion with the higher power, nature automatically obeys, without stress or strain, the will of man. This effortless command over nature is called miraculous by the uncomprehending materialistic. The life of Lahiri Mahasaya set an example which changed the erroneous notion that yoga is a mysterious practice. In spite of the matter-of-factness of physical science, every man may find a way through Kriya Yoga to understand his proper relation with nature and to feel spiritual reverence for all phenomena, whether mythical or of everyday occurrence. We should bear in mind that many things inexplicable a thousand years ago are no longer so, and matters mysterious now they are may become lawfully intelligible a few years hence. Hindu medical treatise are called Ayurveda. Vedic physicians used delicate surgical instruments, employed plastic surgery, understood how to counteract the effects of poisonous gas, performed cesarean sections and brain operations, were skilled in dynamization of drugs. Hippocrates borrowed much of this materia medicia from Hindu sources. Each Indian margosa tree, its medicinal value are now recognized in the West where the bitter neem bark is used as a tonic and the oil from seeds and the fruit is given for leprosy and other diseases. Shambhavi mudra means fixing the gaze at the spot between the eyebrows. When the yogi has reached a certain stage of mental peace, his eyelids do not blink. He is observed in the inner world. A mudra usually refers to a ritual gesture of the fingers and hands. Many mudras induce calmness by affecting certain nerves. Ancient Hindu treatises minutely classify the nadis, 72,000 nerve passages in the body and their relationships with the mind. The mudras employed in worship and in yoga thus have a scientific foundation. An elaborate language of mudras is also found in the iconography and the ritual dances of India. A number of seals recently excavated from archaeological sites of the Indus Valley, datable in the 3rd millennium B.C., show figures seated in the meditative postures now used in the system of yoga and warrant the interference that even at that time some of the regiments of yoga were already known. We may not unreasonably draw the conclusion that systematic introspection with the aid of studied methods has been practiced in India for 5,000 years. The testimony of the Hindu scriptures, however, is that science of yoga has been known to India for untold millenniums. The science of Kriya Yoga is eternal. It is true, like mathematics. Like the simple rules of addition and subtraction, the law of Kriya can never be destroyed. Burn to ashes all books on mathematics. The logically minded will always rediscover such truths. Suppress all the books on yoga. Its fundamentals will be revealed whenever that there appears a stage with pure devotion and consequently pure knowledge. Just as Babaji is among the greatest of avatars, a Mahavatar, and as Sri Yukteswar may justly be called as Navatar or Incarnation of uh, Wisdom, sorry, it is or Incarnation of Wisdom. So Lahiri Mahasaya was a yoga or incarnation of yoga. By the standards of both qualitative and quantitative good, the great master elevated the spiritual level of society. In his power to raise his close disciples to Christ-like stature and his wide dissemination of truth among the masses, Lahiri Mahasaya ranks among the saviors of mankind. His uniqueness as a prophet lies in his practical stress on a definite method, Kriya opening for the first time the doors of yoga, freedom to all man. Apart from the miracles of his own life, surely the Yoga Yogavatar reached the zenith of all wonders in, redu- in reducing the ancient complexities of yoga to an effective simplicity within the ordinary grasp. In reference to miracles, Lehri Mahasaya often said, the operation of subtle laws that are unknown to people in general should not be publicly discussed or published without due discrimination. If in these pages I have appeared to float his cautionary words, it's because he has given me an inner reassurance. However, in recording the lives of Babaji, Lehri Mahasaya and Sri Yukteswar, I have taught it advisable to omit certain miraculous stories. I could hardly have included them without writing, also an explanatory volume of obtruse philosophy. As a householder, Yogi Lahiri Mahasaya brought a practical message suited to the needs of today's worlds. The excellent economic and religious conditions of ancient India no longer obtain. The great master therefore did not encourage the old ideal of a yogi as a wandering ascetic with a begging bowl. He stressed rather the advantages of a yo- to a yogi of, yearn- of earning his own living, of not being dependent on a hard-pressed society for support and of practicing yoga in the privacy of his home. To this counsel, Lahiri Mahasaya added the heartening force of his own example. He was a modern, streamlined model of a yogi. His way of life, as planned by Babaji, was intended to be a guide of aspiring yogis in all parts of the world. New hope for new men, divine union, the Yogavatar proclaimed, is possible through self-effort and is not dependent on theological beliefs or an arbitrary will of a cosmic dictator. Through use of Kriyaki, persons who cannot bring themselves to believe in the divinity of any man will behold at last the full divinity of their own selves. So here ends chapter 35. Thanks for listening.